Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this morning. Open, if you would, to Matthew chapter 13, please. Matthew chapter 13, and beginning in verse 1. While you're turning there, would you simply say, Lord, speak to me this morning. Help me to receive and to hear your Word. And while you're turning, let me just uh, let you know we are so excited about the, the new wing, as Brother Jerry mentioned, that is opening. Not only will that be used for Legacy, but it will also be used for our kids' Bible groups for Glendale on Sunday and Wednesday. They're great big rooms. Some of you took the tour on Wednesday night. Maybe if you pay Brother Jerry a nickel after the service today, he'll give you a tour. you got to do it fast because he's got to get to O'Charlie's before the Methodist. But it's working well and we're thankful for what's coming together. We also have Master's Plan Construction and Design coming tomorrow from Oklahoma. We contracted with them, if you remember, uh, back in the spring. They're going to walk every square inch of our campus and uh, help us develop what God can do uh, with this facility and with this property that the Lord has given to us. So be in prayer for that. We've got just a, a lot of great opportunities ahead. We're thankful for it, but we need discernment and the will of God, and I'm so grateful that you're here for that. Matthew chapter 13, look with me if you would in verse 1. That same day, that is, after Jesus had spoken about his mother, his brothers, the unclean spirit, after all of those things had happened, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some thirty, some sixty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. 
But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. There are these spiritual rhythms of creation that God has set among his created order. There is summer and winter, springtime and harvest. There is sowing, there is reaping. The scripture says, you reap what you sow. And the apostle Paul reminds us in Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But when it comes to sowing the seed of the word of God, how is it that you discern to hear the voice of God? How can you hear from God? I remember a dear lady in the first church I pastored, Mount Tabor Baptist Church in Buffalo, Kentucky. After living in her home for many years, she moved to a duplex that was closer to town so she could get to doctor's appointments and grocery stores without having to to drive very much. And I remember going to her home for lunch one day and asking her how she got along with her neighbor. Now, her neighbor had had some kind of procedure where he was not able to speak out loud. He was always very friendly. He would wave at you. You could sense warmth in his eyes, but he couldn't say anything. And Lillian had lost most of her hearing, so you really had to yell to talk to her anyway. And I asked her, how are you getting along with your new neighbor? And she said, well, he can't speak, and I can't hear, so we get along just fine. The difference between hearing God's voice and not hearing his voice is the difference between life and death. Now, here's Jesus sitting on a boat, preaching to the crowd, standing on the beach along the shore. I want you to imagine this scene. I was in London a number of years ago, got to go to Shakespeare's Globe. Most of the people will stand for hours to hear a play if you really want to hear it. And all of these people are standing on the seashore as Jesus gets out in a boat on the water in order to be able to teach them. And he speaks to them in parables. Now, parables either conceal or they reveal, and oftentimes they do both. So much of Jesus' sermons use these farming analogies. He talks about a sower going forth to sow, and this is broadcast sowing. It's, it's scattershot sowing. It's almost shotgun sowing because it's going in every direction along the path. When wintertime comes, I'm one of those guys who likes to grab a bag of salt, and I don't care where I throw it. I'm just tossing it everywhere. going to single-handedly knock out all the snow and kill everything that's underneath it. Amen? But here, he says, this is what we do with the seed. Some of it falls along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Some of the seeds came along the rocky ground. So when they didn't have much soil, because Israel has lots of rocky terrain, And immediately they sprang up. But since they had no depth of soil, the sun rises and they're scorched. And because they have no root, they wither away. He gives us a third group of seeds. They fall among the thorns and the thorns grow up and choke them. But finally, there is a fourth type of seed, and this seed falls on good soil and produces grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, 
some 30. And then Jesus closes it by saying, he who has ears, let him hear. And the entire crowd wonders, what in the world is he talking about? Not only do the crowds wonder this, but the disciples wonder it as well. In fact, they ask in verse 10, why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus is always talking in spiritual riddles, but there's no way to understand it unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. And so he says to them in verse 11, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, meaning the crowds, meaning the Pharisees, to them it has not been given. And then he says, for to the one who has, more will be given. He'll have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So you can either invest in God's kingdom and receive more, or you can hoard for yourself and it all goes away. It's similar to how the the Israelites were fed in the wilderness. They had enough manna But if they tried to keep it to themselves, it would rot. For the one who has, more will be given. But to the one who has not, even what he thinks he has is going to be taken away. Jesus says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Why? Because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And this is the prophecy of Isaiah that is fulfilled within this context in which he says, you will hear but not understand. You will see but not perceive. For the people's heart has grown dull. With their ears they can barely hear. Their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. So you wonder what's going on in our world today. If we could simply pinpoint a problem and fix that problem, if we could simply fix education, or fix the economy, or fix the military, or fix politics, all of those things are factors as to what's wrong. But here's what's really wrong in this country and around the world. They exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship the creature rather than the creator. Straight out of Romans 1, straight out of Scripture, we realize that there are spiritual forces at work that go far beyond what the eye can see and what the ear can hear. And unless you have spiritual eyes to see, and unless you have spiritual ears tuned to understand, you won't know. And so he says, just as they had rejected Isaiah, so also now they reject the very words of God. You know, I wonder how many times we miss the message of God simply because of our pride. Pride absolutely destroys people. It will really take you down. People who don't speak to each other, why? Somebody's pride got hurt. He says we look, but we don't see. We hear, but we don't understand. And the danger is, the greatest danger you will ever face in this life isn't running out of money or not having a good education or your your family and friends taking off on you. The great danger in all of life is that you would turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to the things of God and not even know it. You know, years ago when cell phones were first becoming popular, there was something known as the mosquito tone that teenagers began to download by the thousands. It it was based on a certain frequency that only people under age 25 could hear. They developed it in Great Britain originally to irritate teenagers who were standing around convenience stores, keeping customers away because they were being loud and obnoxious. They would deploy this frequency, and only those young enough would be able to hear it. And originally, somebody 
everybody developed that ringtone for cell phones and kids across the United States started downloading this thing because they could hear it and the teacher could not. Here's the reason for it. They had tiny microscopic hairs that move with the impulses of sound waves and those hair movements send signals to your brain. But as you age, the hairs get worn down, they get damaged, so they're less sensitive and you lose the ability to detect those high frequencies. So if you're over 25, you don't have to admit it, but if you are, you can't hear a sound above 16 kilohertz. The highest note on a piano is 4 kilohertz. This mosquito tone is 17 kilohertz. Now here's the danger. You can spend so much of your life refusing to listen to God and his word and flat out walking in disobedience that you never spiritually hear his voice. But not everyone rejects him. He comes into his own and his own receive him not, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so Jesus will say, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and didn't see it, and to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. I think of old Simeon walking around the temple courtyard, sees baby Jesus coming along. He can't see at all, but he says, mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. You won't see him with your eyes until you first see him with your heart. You won't hear him with your ears until you first hear him in that still, small voice. And Jesus begins to reveal the parable of the sower. He says, first of all, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And so Satan's desire throughout history is to cause you to doubt the goodness of God, to take it away, to remove it. They hear it, they don't understand, they move on. The second is rocky ground. Now, this is the one who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, is excited, and yet they have no root. And so they endure for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on the count of the word, immediately they fall away. They follow Jesus until it cost them something. And when the sun rises, they're scorched, because light always exposes darkness if your life isn't grounded in the word of God, eventually you're going to wither away. And in the times in which we live, that is especially true. The third group among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, begin to choke the word. It proves unfruitful. In fact, Jesus says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eyes of a needle than for a rich person to come into the kingdom of God. Money isn't the root of all evil, but the love of money is. Some of the saddest words in all the Bible, Paul writes, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Are you in love with the world? Do you long for its lifestyles, for its values, for promises that are never fulfilled? How do you know that? Well, some of you date with no regard for godliness and a future spouse. You live each day with no desire to reach those around you with the gospel. Or you, you define your values simply by your party politics rather than by the principles of God's word. 
hey, Jesus may be talking to you. The fourth kind is good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So you ask, what's the difference between the person who perceives the word and the one who does not perceive? I think of Samuel who heard the word of God and said over and over, speak, Lord, for your servant hears versus Eli's sons, the very place in which he was staying. Samuel hears the words. Eli's sons refuse to listen. What makes the difference between someone who hears and someone who doesn't hear? One word, obedience. Doing what God says and leaving the consequences to him. It is a readiness and a willingness to perceive. Even how we prepare our hearts on Sunday morning, some of us are just lucky to show up, but to say, God, would you prepare my heart to receive your word? Help me to be a blessing and an encouragement. I tend to be a perfectionist. I've got a little bit of an obsessive personality in certain areas. And every single Sunday before I walk in these doors, I have to pray, Lord, help me to be a blessing to other people. Help me to be an encouragement and not a discouragement. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit succeeds at that in my life and sometimes not, but I pray it. Hard-hearted hearts versus receptive hearts. And this is the consistent warning throughout Scripture is harden not your heart. You think about how much of life in Christ is completely, totally dependent on hearing the Word of God. You know, the people in times of desperation would often wait on the Word of the Lord through His prophets. And the only ones who truly know God are the ones who hear from him and respond. Jesus puts it this way, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and I know them. Shepherds can gather with all sorts of different sheep at drinking places of water. And the shepherd will call out to the different sheep, even as they're all mingled with other, shepherd, with other sheep. And the sheep will come to the shepherd because they know the shepherd's voice. How do you know his voice? Well, sometimes the mouth of God sounds like thunder and the rushing of many waters, and yet it comes to us as a still, small voice. So we examine the evidence in our lives. Jesus says, by their fruits you shall know them. You know, a farmer only has use for seeds that bear fruit. And so if you bear no fruit, you've got no root. Someone said, what counts isn't profession of faith, but perseverance in faith. And Jesus continues to describe all of these aspects of the kingdom of God as a secret, as a mystery, if you will. The people who want Jesus to take the throne of Israel don't realize that what he's really after is the throne of their hearts. Some of you may remember when Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, killing 57 people, one of the greatest natural disasters on the North American continent, they say you could hear that blast from up to 600 miles away. But there was a certain part where you couldn't hear the blast at all. You, you couldn't even hear the sound. Some people heard it from 600 miles away, but if you were close to the blast zone... They were in what was described as a zone of silence. That incredible upward thrust of the mountain sent the sound of the event upwards into the atmosphere where it bounced back to earth more than once, but in intervals outward and away 
from ground zero. So you could literally be sitting on your back porch with your back turned to Mount St. Helens and have never heard a sound. That's who Jesus is talking to today. You can be right next to Jesus and know, not know Jesus. You can know all about Jesus and not know him. He can be speaking to you right now, but because your heart is hardened, you don't hear. My hearing's getting worse as I get older. Jenna says I have selective hearing. I'm sure that's true for most of us men. But I really have to zone in and pay attention to what people are saying. Spiritually, don't let your ears grow dull. I think of Elisha, the one who followed Elijah, and as he had revealed the prophecy of how Israel was to win the war, he had told it to the king, the enemy had found out, knew that he was at Dothan, came to take him out, his servant comes out and says, we are absolutely surrounded by the enemy. Elisha tells him to leave him alone, he comes back multiple times, finally, after the servant has great panic and great heartbreak, Elisha prays a simple prayer, he says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And he sees chariots of fire, the angels of God all around. That's what it is to walk with God and to talk with God and to hear him tell you that you are his own. It's the entire reason you're put on this earth. One man, one woman with God will always be in the majority And just as you can't see a 3D movie without glasses, neither can you see the work of God apart from spiritual vision. Because in a world filled with many, many choices, the choice to follow Jesus may be the hardest of all. Someone will say, I planted, another watered, but God gave the increase. Can you hear the voice of God? Can I just say this to you? Jesus Christ, far from being meek and mild and lowly and precious moments figurines, is the most polarizing figure who has ever lived. You can receive him, you can reject him, but you best not ignore him. What will you do with Jesus? To sow the seed, to hear God's word. And we pray that same prayer. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Would you bow your heads with me for a few moments this morning? I thank you so much for your attention today. In just a few moments, the service will be over. I want to ask right now, can you hear the voice of God? Maybe there was a time in your life when you were able to say very as soon as God spoke, I heard it just as it was audibly in the room. I didn't hear it out loud because it was much louder than that. God spoke in my heart and I knew it. Maybe you had that walk with him at one time, but you let the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, anxiety and sorrow and everything else just overwhelm your heart to where you can't hear him anymore. Can I say something to you in love? He hadn't moved. He's right where you left him. And if you'll pray that same prayer that Samuel did and mean it with all your heart, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then God will speak to you, take you places you've never been, show you things you've never seen. Oh, dear friend, 
the greatest way in which God has spoken to you right now is he has spoken to you through his word. Human words are empty, but not so the word of God. Human words can change, but you and I have a more sure word. And in a world that is falling apart, Jesus Christ, the word, is holding all things together simply by the word of his power. Would you trust him this morning? Would you say, Lord, whatever my care, whatever my problem, I lift that up to you. Friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, right now there's a still small voice pricking at your heart. And if you will listen to that voice, and if you will respond in repentance, turning from sin and in faith, then the Lord Jesus right now will be in the home of your heart, even in this moment through his comforter and his counselor, the Holy Spirit. Father, have your way in our lives in this church. Lord, as we seek to serve you and we seek to reach people so that they might know you and trust you, we understand the awesome weight of responsibility we have to sow the seed. But even more than that, we understand, Lord, that we must keep ourselves spiritually in tune so that we can see what you see, so that we can hear what you hear. God, Help us as we seek to do your business, not to simply be business people. Help us as we seek to do your work, not simply to be professionals in our work, but help us to be totally, completely dependent on you. That, Lord, when the world looks left, help us to look right. When the world looks down, help us to look up and to see. Father, help us. Whatever this world and Satan and our flesh tell us to do, help us just to do the opposite. To not live in disobedience, but in obedience, so that our joy may be full. Father, thank you that you've come to have, that we might have life, we might have it more abundantly. Let everyone in this room know the most fun they will ever have in this life is in serving Jesus, and the most misery they will ever have in this life is being away from Jesus. And so make them miserable until they turn from you and then give them the full joy of the Lord. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen.